In this episode, we chat to Louise Humphreys, who's the mum of jump jockey, Fergus Gregory. Louise tells us how her son become involved in horse racing, even though they're not a horsey family, and how she thought it was just a phase and it would soon pass. We also find out how Louise prepares herself when she knows her son is racing. Hello, so today we have Louise Humphreys, who is the mum of the jump jockey, Fergus Gregory. Now, I've been dying to have uh, Louise on the podcast because I don't believe there's much out there about mums and dads of jockeys. Now, when you put in uh, Google search for uh, mums and dads of tennis players and uh, especially football mums, there's loads. But when it comes to sort of jockeys, there's really nothing. So uh, that's why I wanted to have this chat today. So Louise, hello, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Jolly good. And um, just let me know, um, Fergus, when he wanted to be a jockey, I mean, how did that all come about? Well, we're not from a racing family at all. Um, And very early on, I think probably from about 18 months old, Fergus used to put the racing on TV and literally whip the leather arm of our sofa to death, um, trying to make it go faster. Um, So very early on, he showed signs of really being interested in horse racing, flat racing, jump racing, anything that was on TV. Right, okay. And you encouraged that? Uh, No. Um, My husband in particular used to drive him mad because you could hear it all around the house. So no, not at all. (laughs) What happened then? Where? How did he come from, sort of like, go from the couch to actually on a horse? Okay, so he progressed onto hobby horses, um, but he specifically asked me not to mention those. Um, so I have. And then um, we were living overseas um, because Fergus's father, my husband's in the army, and he started doing um, pony riding at a little riding club. And then how did it progress from there then? Well, when we came back to Norfolk, um, it was all a bit of a a shock, I think, to the boys. And he went to East Harling uh, Riding School on a Saturday morning. And really, he would have slept there for seven days a week if they'd have let him. He just loved it. Um, So um, he just did everything he possibly could there. And then when he was about seven, they said, we can't really do any more for him. I think you need to get him a pony. Um, so that's where it all started. And obviously not having horses or being horsey, we were like, well, how do you get a pony? Oh, wow. um, so yeah, it all developed from there. And with him, with the horse racing, I mean, did he sort of like um, come off track any time where he thought, well, actually I fancy doing show jumping or was it always horse racing? No, I, when he first said he wanted to be a jockey, I just thought there are a hundred other things you can do with horses. A jockey is such a hard life and incredibly dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, most old jockeys I meet have got various injuries that they've had um, over the years. So I encouraged him to do everything. I tried dressage with him. He had dressage lessons with Pippa Childerhouse. Um, who desperately just used to sell it to him as Fergus this is very good for your jumping getting the flat work right Mm -hmm. Um, we tried show jumping we tried everything and all he'd do is mum you've got no idea what it feels like when you're upside to another pony and you know your pony's faster it's the best feeling in the world 
So he definitely had a taste for speed very early on. And um, when did he go to his first horse race to actually watch a race? Um, well, we go, we've always gone point pointing and we've always gone to Fakenham Racecourse as a family. Um, and so I guess it's probably Fakenham. You know, they do the family days up yeah, at Fakenham. Yeah. Um, from a young age then. So he actually experienced that from a young age. Yeah. And did he say then when he was watching it that that's where he wanted to be out there on the track? Oh yeah, he would quite often, he would take his little riding hat just in case someone fell off and they'd need someone to ride it. <laughs> that's prepared, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, for you to, I mean, for him to fulfil his dream and for you to, you know, help him fulfil that, um, what did you have to do? You know, were there any sacrifices? I'm sure there were plenty. Well, it's interesting on sacrifices because um, there were a lot of early mornings and there was a lot of driving all over the country. Um, but actually, it was kind of a privilege to be on the journey with him because, um, you know, you'll do anything for your kids, won't you? Um, and yet it was a little bit odd. I had no idea what I was doing. Fergus would organise everything. Um, when he was 11, he wrote to um, some of the horse racing trainers in um, Norfolk and basically said, you know, I want to be a jockey, um, so can I come and work for you? And one of them phoned up, having received this letter. I knew nothing about it. And it was Christine Dunnett at Hingham. And she thought he was must be 16. Um, and to be fair to Christine, she had Fergus over to show him the yard. Um, and he went over there most Saturday mornings at half past six um, just to hang around and see what they do training racehorses. Wow, that, that is like dedication, isn't it? So he started sort of like on the yard at 11. Yeah, just by literally by Christine's side as a sponge, learning, <laughs> listening, watching everything. And did um, you any time think, oh, this is just a phase, it'll stop soon? Yeah, I ha really hoped it would be a phase. You know, it's a bit like people say, if you overindulge on something, you go off it. So I thought, right, let him indulge and then he'll grow out of it. But he never, he never did. No, it got worse. School holidays, he would, you know, cycle off to um, get the bus to get to Fakenham Racecourse. Um, his top treat in a school holiday would be go to Newmarket to just sit on the heath in the car park and watch the horses galloping up the heath. So that, I mean, that is just like absolute love for the sport, isn't it? Yeah. So, so dedicated. And um, I mean, of course, he's progressed now and he's, he's um, been racing in all the different uh, race courses. What's been the highlight for you and Fergus? I think for me, it's um, he... The first time he rode in the Cheltenham Festival for Dan Skelton in 2018, I think it was, because um, getting Fergus to school during the Cheltenham Festival week was always a nightmare. It's amazing how, how many colds and tummy upsets he seemed to develop, which meant he could stay at home and watch it on TV. Um, and actually school very good letting him out um, in the later years. He was allowed to go down to Cheltenham for the day. So to actually see him ride there and fulfil his ambition was just amazing. I bet it was. And when you're watching, are you um, ecstatic or are you a bundle of nerves? 
So I used to love it um, because it is incredibly exciting, and especially when you know everything that's gone behind to get the horse there, the jockey there, for everything to be right on the day. Um, but he had a very bad fall at Huntingdon. Um, and since then, I am definitely nervous. Watching it second time round, once I know he's safe, I really enjoy the replay. Yeah. Um, but when I watch it first time round, I'm definitely, every jump he goes into, I'm kind of like, ah! <laughs> um, just yeah. making sure he's going to be all right. And do you always put a bet on him? I don't really bet at all, actually. No, in fact, I very rarely bet. Right, okay then. What about your family though, when they, when they hear that Fergus is racing, do they all go rushing off to put a bet on? Um, so my husband does, definitely. I think his limit's £2.50 oh, each well, way. <laughs> so we're big betters in our family. Oh, um, and uh, yeah, I think most people do have a little bit of a flutter. Um, and you you normally hear from some distant cousin when Fergus has managed to win on a 40 to one shot. Um, and then someone will get in touch and say, oh yeah, you know, that's made the uh, the weekend this week. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, that's great, isn't it? When, um, I mean, now you say you're, you're more nervous watching, how do, how do you prepare yourself for um, a race when, when you know he's about to race? So keeping busy is always really good. Um, and then at the moment, we're all in lockdown, obviously. So I'm at home and we've got the racing channel. So my father pops around from next door. So we sit and watch it together. Um, so it's a bit of a break in my working day normally to just go and catch up and watch the races. So does that feel strange? I mean, I mean, COVID is strange, full stop. But with with regards to um, the racing, was it the, the case that you always went to the races and now all of a sudden you can't go? Yeah, we did go. I mean, Fergus races everywhere. So it's not as if we try and go to um, all of them. But yeah, if the, the local tracks, we really try. And if it's Fakenham, then we try and go to Fakenham anyway, whether Fergus is there or not. Um, so yeah, it is odd not being able to go um, and see him ride, definitely. Yeah, I, I, so, that was very strange. Yeah, can't wait. And it's not just watching Fergus, it's the whole atmosphere of it. There are such characters in racing and they're all as passionate and crazy about it as Fergus. Um, so it's just a great day out. Absolutely. I bet Fergus can sort of like notice that, you know, the crowds aren't there when he comes back in. It must feel very strange for him. Yeah, I think it really, particularly, at, you know, the bigger tracks where you come in and there's that roar um, of, of cheering when people come into the winner's enclosures. But yeah, I think it's really odd. And there are some tracks where people can get on public footpaths around it, like at Cheltenham, there's a bench where the old boys go and sit so they can, they're still there. But other than that, it's just very eerie. So when um, Fergus is about to have a race, or perhaps, you know, you've just watched him race on TV, do you ever feel that you need to give him advice on anything? And if you did, would he ever listen? So I think um, I realised when Fergus was probably about 10 that I had no advice about horses that I could give him at all. Um, I think the best I could do was drive him somewhere and feed him. Um, so, no, I mean, sometimes I wonder when I see him doing the um, interviews, 
you know, maybe I could give him a bit of media advice, but actually at the PJA, the Professional Jockeys Association, they give them so much support. Um, and he has a jockey coach who, um, you know, gives him lots of tips. They replay races, they replay interviews. Um, so actually there's not much I can do other than be here normally when it goes wrong. Oh, well, that's good. And that's the support. And did, did you feel that, you know, through all his training, like his apprenticeship, etc., that you, you, you had that support, you know, when he went off and you thought, oh, my God, you know, I'm not going to see him for ages. Was, did you feel that he was looked after and uh, very supported? So when he first went off, he only had a Cat B licence. He wasn't a conditional jockey. Um, so they they don't they're not part of that professional jockeys association and he was incredibly lucky he went to a trainer um and he he was basically treated as as one of her kids she'd got a son a few years older than fergus so for that first break from home age 16 which is incredibly young um he was really lucky to have had a year in that yard um, and then he moved from that yard after a year because he decided to do his conditional license. And it all got very interesting because uh, at school, I'm not sure they tell them about TV licenses, council tax, you know, all the practicalities of living, you know, stickers on his moped because he was still 16. Um, so he couldn't drive a car. So we had a little moped. Um, you know, yes, Fergus, it's called a parking ticket for parking your moped in the wrong place. You have to pay it. <laughs> um, so that practical life support um, wasn't there at all. Um, but once he had, he'd gone down the conditional route, the kind of career development support is amazing. And do you get to see him much now? On TV mainly. <laughs> literally um but no he um he went over to france because the uk um or um in england we stopped racing so he spent most of the summer over in france went out at the end of april beginning of may and came back for the jumps um season this year so we haven't really seen very much of fergus at all um and i realized it's a, a time in life um that he's got to do this, it's full on. He can be racing at air one day and Fontwell the next day. And there's not much time in between that to pop into Norfolk and have a catch up. Does so let you know when he's on TV? Uh, no, he's so kind of quiet and gets on with it, Fergus. He just wants to be the best jockey he can be and everything else is just a bit of a distraction. So, so with you then, I mean, there's the whole the whole journey that you, you went on with Fergus and not actually being from um, a horse racing family. Did you feel a, a little bit out of place or did you did you feel made to be, feel welcome? Do you know, it's amazing. I think there are so many great people in racing. And even when we'd go and, and park up in the car park on the Heath in Newmarket, people would just chat, you know, chat to Fergus, realise, you know, you look in his eyes and you could see he was horse racing mad. Mm. And people just kind of scooped him up and welcomed him. I guess they saw their own passion, you know, that they must have had at the younger age in him. 
I don't think we've ever felt out of place. I've sometimes felt incredibly confused, like what, where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing? What can't I do? Um, but people are very welcoming, very kind, um, and are just there for the sports and the horses. That's great. And what advice would you give to other parents who have children that have an interest in horse racing and they have said, you know, they'd like to be a jockey? Yeah, I mean, most of me would say you have got to be 110% committed um, because it affects every single part of your life. You know, Fergus is, is quite tall, so he has to be very careful on his weight. So that impacts massively on his social life. Um, you also, you think they're just riding horses very fast. They are the fittest people I know. So their fitness is unbelievable. And that's not something you achieve overnight. It's constant keeping on top of it. Um, so it's not for the faint hearted, but I think if they are interested, you know, find a local trainer, horse racing trainer near to you and see if they can go and just help muck out on a Saturday morning, get involved, see what they do. Um, and then the racing school, they do so many different types of training. Fergus went when he was 10 on a little pony racing course and I think that absolutely sealed it for him um, and you don't have to have a pony they have ponies down there so you can ride their ponies there's loads of things to do but get them involved and make sure it is really what they want to do because there are so many other things you could do with horses yeah I mean that's one of the things you know people hear horses and their children want to be involved in horses and they just think oh it's going to be expensive they're going to want horses how how are we going to find the money for that but you're you're saying that that you know it doesn't have to be the case that they have to have horses they can they can just go along to the riding uh, the racing school and they get help that way yeah and i i think even um if you don't ride at 16 they do a kind of riding course before you do their kind of racing um, training. Um, so, yeah, there, there really is a lot of opportunity. And, you know, it's just kind of have a look what they've got on. But I mean, that was my view about racing. I thought, how on earth do you afford this? Mm. Um, but there are ways and means. And if they're a good rider, people will will ask them to ride their ponies or their horses um so you just kind of got to get into it yeah, um and this whole world opens up somehow and it's about their determination isn't it how much they want it yeah and and also their coachability um you know Fergus just used to sit and watch races over and over again you know looking where people's legs were where their hands were where they were leaning and then literally practice it on the sofa arm um so it's that wanting to wanting to learn and listen and improve constantly yeah and you say about their fitness levels what what does he um do to keep his fitness up is he in the gym all the time so it's a real balance because um they have to be very fit but have to be very light and also have to be very strong so yeah he he goes to a gym obviously they're all closed at the moment which is a problem for them all um, but he runs, I mean, quite often when you put the racing on and they're chatting before the races, you'll see the jockeys running around the course, um, you know, beforehand. 
Um, so there's a lot of running, but Ferg has to be careful not to build too much muscle up because that's heavy. And swimming is the other thing that he does when the swimming pools are open. Yeah, it's just, it's like a fine balance all the time, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So that the, the weight is correct. Okay, that, well, that's all very, very interesting. And uh, I'm sure there's uh, um, a lot of mums and dads out there who are, are writing, scribbling notes down as you speak. <laughs> lastly, I'm going to ask you, what's your favourite race course and why, Louise? Oh, okay. Well, I'd, hmm, I'd probably definitely have to say Fakenham because it's just got such a lovely Norfolk family feel to it. It's not one of the big courses that's been developed that has all the music nights. It's a very genuine place. Um, but we also, Fergus has been in France quite a lot. Um, so I love going to Clairefontaine, um, which is near Deauville. Um, and I love it because they have flat racing, jump racing, a little bit of trotting, and you can sit and have a lunch in the sunshine for, you know, 12 euros overlooking the course and just sit there all day. Yeah, that sounds lovely. So did you ever, ever sort of like see this for yourself, but like sunning yourself on a race course when you look yeah. back and think, wow, I can't believe no. it. <laughs> no, not at all not at all oh so it's all it's all worked out very very lovely and with Fergus as as he progresses what's his goals do you know um <laughs> I don't really I think he definitely he definitely wants to be a very good jockey not an also ran jockey so he's probably set his self some goals on that um but yeah I don't really know you need to ask his jockey coach that Mm. And when's he racing next, Louise? He's racing tomorrow at Leicester and Bangor on Thursday this week, I think. Fabulous. We'll look out for him. Oh, it's been great speaking with you. Thank you okay. so much. And, Thanks, Julie. Um, yeah, and good luck to Fergus if you wish him our luck. Okay, thank you.